Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. time it is time for in much less detail the podcast here's you live on a wednesday night november the 22nd 2017 i'm dre he's jay breaking down nfl week 11 which just passed this past weekend and getting ready for your turkey day festivities three games tomorrow we like to call them our triple gobble we'll be breaking those down at the end of our live show here our live hour which goes to 11 central time and midnight on the East Coast. Jay, a lot of activity in week 11. Uh, these games, these teams that we looked at and, and, and thought they're at the top, what are they going to do? The Eagles come off their bye. What are they going to do? Uh, you were all over them dominating the Cowboys on Sunday night. That Rams-Vikings game was uh, very curious uh, with the Rams coming out early on the first drive, getting the first seven and the Vikings sort of taking over from there. Uh, what to make of week 11? Where uh, where would you like to, to lead off? Hello, Jason. Hello, Jason. All right. I have no idea if I'm on the air or not. And Jason drops, so I don't know if he's on the air or going to come back. Or I don't know what happened to the beginning of the show at all. I'll have to uh, be honest. Jason, can you hear me? Wow, this is crazy. I can't hear anything at all. If you're speaking, Jason, I can't hear anything at all. Hello, can you hear me now? I'm here. Are you there? I'm here now. Okay, yeah, I, I've been able to hear you off and on here for the first few minutes. I've tried every, I tried both my microphones. I could hear you just fine. Caught the intro just fine, and neither one of my, both my microphones, nothing, uh, nothing was picking up any of my audio. Uh, yeah, I, ha- I haven't heard. This is the first I've heard your voice tonight, just now. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I called back in. You unmuted me. I was talking. Um, on my headset, pulled out my my other microphone, but yeah, I don't know I don't know what's going on tonight. Um, I, I've clearly got audio being registered on on my end because you know I'm, I, I see on on the mixer I see all my levels when I'm talking, so something, something's 
something's happening when I'm talking, but for some reason the audio is just not getting into the into the podcast at all tonight. The ghost in the machine has struck again. Yeah, well, it's been it's been interesting, hasn't it, over the last few months? Oh, it's as uh, interesting as one way to describe it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I figured you just had to figure out a way to shut me out of the show because I had a good week. I had a good week, too. We, we were both over 500. I was very proud of us. For the first time all damn year, we both managed to put up uh, over 500 uh, weeks together. Yeah, that's that's stunning that it only took 11 weeks to get there. And you were slightly better. You were a game better at 9-4, and four, but, of course, I wasn't going to mention that. 9-4 and four is what I'm all about. I can, I can move my number a lot bigger by having good weeks here because I've been so bad. That picking up, you know, you know, five games, getting closer to 500 is, is is huge for me right now. Well, you did get the nine and four. You got uh, the the two games that we both had hunches on. Your hunch was the uh, uh, the the Giants covering the spread against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Giants pulling out another game where they're not expected to compete, and they wind up competing. That's the only way they can win is games in which they're huge, huge underdogs, apparently. And my hunch was that the Cowboys would hang around with the Eagles on Sunday night, and that backfired big time. So that that was the difference <laughs> in our week right there. Yeah, yeah, the just because always works better for me than it does yeah. for you. You don't, you, yeah. you don't, you don't try to beat the master of no reason picks at his own game. I should have known. I, I so have to bow to the started off, Yeah, we start off the show highlighting, you know, the highlighting the Eagles and the Cowboys, and you gave me this whole drawn-out explanation of why you had the Cowboys, which basically just amounted to, ah, I just kind of have a feeling it's just because. And then, see, we had to go later into the show for me to show you how you really do it and go, ah, fuck it, I'll take the Giants. <laughs> I was trying to justify it somehow. That that was my big mistake. You were gra- – yeah, you grasped too much. Well, You got to just say it with conviction that I am picking this team against all empirical data and all of the evidence. I am just going to throw all caution to the wind, and I am going to take the team that has no business covering this number. And it was a blowout. Uh, stings more for me is watching the whole game is that the Cowboys competed and still got their asses kicked. I'd almost, I'd almost prefer if they didn't show up, but they tried. They were fighting, man. They were trying like hell to compete with the Eagles. And that second half, just everything went Philadelphia's way. They made their own breaks. I'm not saying they got lucky, but they made everything happen for them and everything the Cowboys tried just sunk right to the bottom of the ocean. So, that's that's the part that really sucks. They were out there. They were they were attempting to play football with the Eagles, but at the moment they are nowhere near the Eagles level. No, and you had that. I had that feeling watching that game that it just wasn't going to be sustainable for the Cowboys, and that you you did also kind. Of, I kind of got that sense, you know, like we had talked about that it might start off a little sluggish for the Eagles you know, because they were rolling so much going into their buy, and that we might see them 
stagger a little bit more by the second half. You want to talk about we, we, we make fun of teams that can't make second-half adjustments? The Eagles figured something out. They saw something Oof. because they just came out and just blew the doors off the Cowboys in the second half. Bear with me for a second. I'm going to put on the headphones one more time and see if uh, you can hear me or if I can hear you. Hang on. Uh-oh. Give me, give me five Uh-oh. seconds. Experiment. Can you hear me now? I I sure can. Well, there you go. I could hear you from the headphones, so I could tell that yeah. was, something was working. The irony, the irony here is that I'm still connected through my headset studio. I'm still connected through my headset, and you're not picking me up off the headset at all. Like you'd be, you should be hearing some horrible reverberations right now because it's picking up multiple dialogues from me, but it's not doing that. So I will, I'll just connect myself here from the, from the headset and stay on the phone line here just for the, for the sake of uh, ease of the show and hope that I don't uh, drop here once we get into the after show, but it, it's, you know, my, I've got enough battery on my phone that I should be okay. I think I lost Andre again. But we are having one of these nights. Maybe it's everyone. I think everyone over there at Block Talk Radio went off on vacation for Thanksgiving and just kind of left us in a lurch because I heard you there for a minute, Dre, and unless something happened, uh, you, you're just completely silent right now. So if you can hear me, you may want to you may want to call back in. I've got a feeling that there are some audio issues going on on the hard lines here tonight for uh, their direct connect. You know, the the high-fidelity direct connect is giving us high-fidelity nothing and air. So if you if you can hear me, call back. I'll have to do this old school tonight. But there were – that was definitely the, the big one um, – it was a big game. It wasn't the. It was. It was kind of lopsided game that that Eagles Cowboys game. So, I know Dre's feeling a little sore because that was the game where he just threw all caution to the wind and said, "I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna take the Cowboys, even though nothing, absolutely nothing, says that I should." And didn't work out so good for him. That's okay. I, I needed. I needed every win that I got just to get just it, it's gotten hard just to get one game back in the standing, so I had to feel good about that. I had some I had some dumb picks that you know we only disagreed on five. I ended up winning nine out of the thirteen. Plus we had a push. Hey, are you back? Can you hear me now? Yeah, that was that was so strange. I heard you I heard you on the headset loud and clear, and then you were about ten seconds into that and dead silent. Oh, that's just craziness. Yeah, the, the the ghost is acting really crazy. So I guess I'll just stick to the phone right now as well. Yeah, I think I was I was I was, uh, I, I was uh, having a suspicion that all the people from Blog Talk Radio are probably like on their Thanksgiving vacations and breaks right now. See, I don't know if uh, are they where is Blog Blog Talk Radio originating from? I I want to say the company is British, maybe. Oh, uh, really? I, I I think. Um, I, I, oh no, then they they wouldn't give a rat's ass about Thanksgiving. Right. Well, 
Maybe I'm just going off of the fact that the little lady in our in our ear when she counts us down has a British accent for some reason. So okay, well I'm also wondering though because it has us calling in four six area code, so I'm wondering where that is. That's New York. I don't know why we have to call in to yeah. New York, but but that's just how that is. So maybe it's based well, in New York. Been, I'm not sure. We've only been using this place for five years. You'd think that we would uh, have done a little investigative homework about where we were doing our podcast, but nah. Nah. We know nah. about as much about them as I know about the Shadow Corporation where I'm working for uh, Baseball Info Solutions. It's funny that you mentioned that because that's sort of what was kind of like going it through my brain as we were talking about this yes the shell co- the, the sh- it's 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 the mob we don't i mean come on i don't know the checks keep clearing and that's, well, that's me, what matters and on the other end blogs on radio keeps taking our money so that's all that matters to them correct because we're, so we're paying for this wonderful uh service that we're getting right now they are laughing all the way to the bank no doubt They've been they've been laughing all the way to the bank for a long time. I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. And they've been doing it for several years now on us. That first year was without the uh, premium, and, yeah. and that was, that was all phone. Without the premium, we had to do every show on the phone, and it was only a half hour. That was the maximum that we could do. So it was, whew, that was that was some rough days, boy. I sweated out a lot of shows when we had to try to do 16 picks in 30 minutes. Remember having to go back and forth and tag team it? I take one yeah. game, you take one game. Oh man! And we would and we would just read off what the other person said about the game. Yeah, because we didn't have to really we didn't have time to have a conversation about the games. We had we had you know 20 seconds per pick. And, and uh, oh. in the 30-minute format, I think we only had a 15-minute after show. And didn't discover that for the longest. That was by accident. Yeah. We were going – for the longest, we were going a half hour and thinking that was a hard end. And, and yeah. when we would go over 30, we'd be like, oh, damn. We we went over 30 minutes. And then finally one day I, I noticed all the yapping and conversating that we were doing about going over 30 minutes, we were still recording in the, in the podcast. And it would still show up. So obviously we could go more than thirty. So we said, "Hey, let's see how much more than thirty we can go." And so we go thirty-five, and then we go thirty-eight right. and forty, and finally we said, "Let's just talk until we're not recording anymore and see what happens." <laughs> and that's, that's what we, we found were out. Do uh, the sniper. Yep, that's how we found out. Forty-five minutes was the limit, and then we would get a message just saying. The show is over. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. That's right. Okay. Discover all that by accident. This has been a weird one tonight because, you know, they have uh, calling in through the hi-fi line. Something's got to be up because, you know, I could hear a little bit, but you couldn't hear me, and then it flipped back, then I couldn't hear you. So it's okay. We we, we always manage to find a way. We've had 20 minutes of dead air before on this show. We find a way. Sure. Sure have. Boy, boy howdy, we have. Yeah. Boy, howdy. So, uh, I don't know what the beginning of the show is going to sound like when we listen to the podcast. Because if you could hear me, yeah. then there's going to be a, a dialogue between us. We just weren't hearing each other. So, it's going to show up. It's all going to be there. 
Yeah, and then there'll be a lot of dead air, me trying to figure out, yeah. switching my microphone. The, the, the best part least, would be if it picked up all of that from both of us. Just all that, I was just about to say. Stream of consciousness that we were, because I clearly had levels on my, both of my microphones. So both of my recording devices, I could see what I, you know, I, I'll sit there and I'd tap the, I always tap the mic on my headset before the show to make sure that the, the meter moves, you know, so I know that I'm producing sound. And sure enough, I'm did the thing before the show when I called in, tapped it, tapped it, and then you did your intro and I started talking and just, you're just all, you know, when I'm talking for 10 or 15 seconds, you're like, oh, hello? I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I bet all that's going to gonna show up. Yeah. But, so we got one fun. game out of the way. What, what, what else uh, What else jumped out at you for, for a successful week? Uh, the, the Rams-Vikings game uh, – that's so difficult to break down for me because the Rams came out looking like the Rams for one drive and it stopped. Yeah. And so I'm not sure if that's the the Rams sort of choking under the pressure or the Vikings (laughs) stepping up and and saying, all right, that's enough of that. You're not doing that in our house. I think that was enough. I think the Vikings said we've had enough of this. This should end right now. Yeah, I I can, I can see that. Uh, The, 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 the Rams took that opening drive 75 yards uh, scored a touchdown, and no more points the entire rest of the game. So, uh, And that's kind of what we, uh, we – we didn't think they were going to take the opening drive 75 yards, but we both did say in, in taking the Vikings that this was just uh, a matter of the Vikings at home, tough defense, tough crowd, uh, tough spot for Jared Goff and all the success and Sean McVay, everything that they've done so far this year. They haven't done it against a defense like this in their house, and, and – no matter what, you can't replace experience. And Jared Goff just hasn't had the experience in, in a situation like that. Yeah, good a good test for that team. I think we clearly saw that the Rams, if they're faced with a test like this come playoff time, will probably fail it. But, you know, the up-and-coming teams like this are the teams that rise too far too fast need this kind of a game because the Rams had been just blowing the doors off of people. They weren't having much put on tape against them. That it looked, you know, They were just doing what they were doing every week. And one of those, yeah, thanks for the Rams and the Rams fans that they lost. But it gives them something to look at. You know, it gives them a team actually came out and shut down that high-flying offense and made it look, you know, after that opening drive, you know, fairly meager. So. No, that's not always bad when you lose in a spot like that where you're going on the road and now you now you've got something where you can show your team. Look, it's really not that easy. It's not as easy as we've been making it look. That's right, and the tables might turn if the game were out in in California at the Coliseum. Uh, might have been a different venue situation there. Uh, the Vikings are more physical, and that might have been different uh, in the neutral side or in L.A. The, the Rams might have been able to match the physicality, but the, like you said, in that spot uh, against that team, the Vikings pretty much were, were going to perform that day. And also, uh, as much as we've laughed at the guy for a couple of years now, clearly, 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 you now must game plan for Adam Thielen. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but that guy – 
just keeps getting open and keeps finding, and, and not just open, but on that touchdown where he's running away from everybody. I, I, I there's a joke in there about a white man running away from black people and, and being faster than the, than the black people on the field. I can't come up with it. I don't know. I'm not bright enough to come up with a joke for that, but that was quite amazing to see. So he's a guy you have to make sure you, you cover him and maybe even uh, shade coverage his way and, or, or bracket him because he's just making plays all over the field this year. Yeah, and no, I don't I don't think anybody saw this coming with this Vikings offense after they lost. Oh, you know, damn it. Two shows in a row now, I still can't remember. It's been so long, I still can't remember the – Poor kid. The Alvin guy. Cook. Alvin Cook. So I feel bad for him. He's he's so far <laughs> that guy. That team. I forgot who he is. And Sam Brett. There's no way we saw this coming with Case Keenum and Adam Thielen and that and that you know mix and match play running back by committee thing that they have going on with uh, with McKinnon and ah uh, Christ but uh, Murray. Mur yeah. Uh, Latavius Murray, right? Mm-hmm. It's all just kind of coming together for them, and I know, and I know, you pointed out a lot that I did have the Vikings to win that division. I did not have Aaron Rodgers breaking the collarbone and all that other stuff. Right, but right. the Vikings right now are looking every bit of a team that's going to win that division. I, I think that we we've, we've got to hand that to them now at this point. I know it's only week eleven. Nobody, I don't think, is going to jump up and and really contend with the Vikings if they even keep playing close to the football that they're capable of playing. They're clearly the best defensive team, and they've got enough offense right now. Actually, a very curious uh, game tomorrow morning uh, to start off our Thanksgiving situation. Uh, that's the the only team, of course, that has any chance of catching them in that division would be the Lions, and they would go a long way towards wrapping that thing up if they could go into Detroit and, and beat them on, on short rest. Uh, but it, it's, it's no gimme. I'm not giving away a pick. So, But that is obviously the only obstacle, and we're going to find out right there in, in front of us tomorrow morning uh, if, the, if the Lions are going to stay in contention or if the Vikings are going to store that thing away. Yeah, well, there you go. A little preview, a little, a little teaser for the for the triple gobble here coming up at the end of the show. That's right. Uh, uh, just want to get out of the way before uh, we get too far into it. Not that it was the next most important thing that happened in Week Eleven, but as far as the the Chiefs finding a way to uh, go to the Giants and not just blow the spread, but also lose the game in, in overtime, your, your sort of what-the-hell pick of the week, which came through. I don't understand how Andy Reid's team looks that awful, that flat, coming off of a bye week. He's supposed to be the special magician coming off of bye weeks. He's the one that's supposed to have the magic plays and the magic formulas to get things done in the bye weeks. And his big reveal for that offense, which has been flagging and struggling his big master plan was to have Travis Kelsey throwing a long option pass which wound up getting interception intercepted what what are you doing that that team that offense is uh they're sinking man that's scary how bad the Chiefs are looking compared to how great they looked the first four or five weeks of the season let's let's just be honest though you knew you were screwed when I made that pick right yes Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. 
you're abs- no, I did not. By the way, we can check the tape. I did not pick the Giants to win. That would have been something. That would have been on the money line, the the the, the hall of the year. Yeah, yeah. I I had the Giants to cover the big number. I I did not have a feeling. First of all, I didn't have a feeling that it would be a twelve to nine Giants win. Um, you know, a little bit of the news that week, the Giants after being embarrassed week after week after week, and especially after the, the where you know they quit completely, and it was all over. All of the highlight shows, all the packages. Giants players had enough. The defensive players, they had that. They had this closed door meeting. Um, apparently, the Giants defense has a little bit more pride than we realized, and they played an excellent game. The Eagles, I mean, not the Eagles, the Chiefs. The Andy Reid, I'm really going in the way back machine. The Chiefs coming off of the bye, maybe the Chiefs were believing of themselves and believing in Andy Reid, but they did not look like a team that was coming out prepared to win a game on the road like that at all. And that was, that was, that was anemic. I mean, we had some teams that put up worse offensive performances than the chiefs. I know that's hard, but they looked pretty awful. And I hate to say it, but for most of the game, even though it was tight and it was just a field goal, you know, trading field goals, you never really got the sense that they were going to come out ahead in that one. And they, they didn't feel like that team, like, like we saw with the Steelers when they went and played the Colts, where you've got that team that's just kind of, well, you know, we're way better than the other guys, and we're just going to kind of meander along, and then we're going to just find a way to turn on, you know, flip the switch and win at the end. I never got the sense from the Chiefs in that game they were ever ready to flip that switch. They deserved to lose. And I didn't watch the whole game, but from what I saw, Alex Smith is pressing too. He is forcing things. He is feeling the pressure, and he's starting to play uh, not like the Alex Smith of the first half of the season. He's playing like the old Alex Smith where he's looks like he's, you can see the sweat beads almost forming on his head when certain plays break down. He's not cool, calm, and collected like he has been. Well, when 6-0 and becomes 6-4, and that tends to happen. Sure. No doubt. I mean, that division uh, went from being over to still – I mean, you've got – the Chiefs are only two games clear of the Raiders and the Chargers now. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that's uh, – that division we thought was completely sewn up and finished, and, and now it's uh, it's much more wide open than we could have imagined. Yeah, if the, if the Chiefs find a way to gag this one up after being 6-0 and that would be all time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it would. Then we may see some Patrick Mahomes next year in Kansas City. Uh, so what do we take away from the Monday nighter, the Falcons and the Seahawks? That was a fascinating game to watch because the Falcons came out uh, looking like they were about to just burn Seattle to the ground. Uh, and, and Russell Wilson played some amazing, amazing football in leading Seattle back into that game, only to watch Blair Walsh just come up way, way short when they needed him the most. Yeah, I think that was my primary takeaway, was not feeling too bad about our pick or about my Falcons, knowing that it was all coming down to a Blair Walsh 52-yard field goal. <laughs> and then to watch it, it looks dead on. I'm like, oh. 
God, this thing's going to go to overtime, and the Falcons are going to find a way to gag this up, and the Seahawks are going to – and then the ball goes, and then all, Ran of the out of juice. all of a sudden the refs walk up, and they're waving it off, and I'm like, no way. I'm out There's that Blair Walsh for you. Um, oh. That game, statistically, that game was, a, was sort of an aberration because the Falcons on offense were lighting it up. But the stats didn't show it because Atlanta's return game kept giving them such plus field position that Matt Ryan didn't have to throw for 400 yards. But right. when he needed, you know, when he needed it, it was there. And Matt Ryan also pulled the patented Matt Ryan take a sack at the worst possible moment, like he did. He just waited until the end of the game to ice the game on that third down and and, and four, third and six that they had trying to run out the clock to take – he waits till the worst possible time to take his first sack of the game. It's like that is like the patented Matt Ryan move now. Yeah, unfortunately. But they – I mean, it was, a, it was a great game. That was probably the, the most fun game of the week, watching those two go back and forth. Atlanta minus Devontae Freeman got great work out of uh, Coleman and Taron Ward. And you know, you and you saw Matt Ryan and using Julio Jones to taking some advantage of those pleated Seattle secondary. It it looked it was Legion of Room out there quite often. Uh he was having no problem finding guys wide open running through there and then every you know and again, Julio Jones has been so underutilized because it seems like every time he puts the ball up in Julio's direction, good things can happen. But Matt Ryan, he's he's a smart guy, he's gonna he's gonna do his progressions and then you, sometimes you just got to throw it to your best guy and when he needed that and it was there for him and they just didn't go to it enough well, it's my biggest my biggest takeaway was along that vein of knowing that you have a depleted Seattle secondary knowing that the Legion of Boom is now the Legion of Room knowing that Jeremy Lane is no great shakes as a one-on-one in coverage knowing that uh uh, the, the guy they brought in off the street, the former uh, Seahawk, uh, Byron Maxwell, wasn't going to be much of a help. And being able to take advantage of that, because I don't know if Steve Sarkeesian's offense would take advantage of this situation a few weeks ago or at the beginning of the year when he was still sort of getting his feet wet at the job and, and figuring out what he wanted to do. But it looks like they, they turned a the corner. It looks like Atlanta turned a corner uh, and in and, and trying to figure out how to use how to best use their weapons, how to best use the guys that are are elite, such as Julio Jones, and the guys that are above average and also need to be used more, such as Muhammad Sanu. Muhammad Sanu, uh, no one really says much about him, but that's one solid professional wide receiver, and they hadn't even been using him as much as they should as well, as well trying to do a lot of different reverses and fakes and jet sweeps and, and all this trickery and whatnot. Like you said, sometimes you just got to get back to the basics and use the best guys that you have uh, in the best ways that you know how. And listening to John Gruden, which is very hard to do, but listening to him during that broadcast, he was saying that Matt Ryan has gone to Sarkeesian in the past week and said, okay, I'm going to lay down a law and this is some of the things that we used to do. And this is some of the things that we need to start back doing to have success like we have been having. So Matt Ryan is going to take more of a leadership role and more of a role in uh, in the offense and sort of in the game planning 
then that's also a good sign uh, for the Falcons. And for the Seahawks, man, uh, it's hard to take anything positive away from that, but I will say that it was almost breathtaking, some of the plays that Russell Wilson was making to, to help lead that comeback back. Uh, again, I'm the I'm labeled the Russell Wilson hater on this show. Please do not misunderstand me. He's very, very good. I've always thought he's a very good quarterback, and, and he proved that again Monday night. And Russell Wilson is streaky. I guess, and That's probably the best word that I can use to describe him because he will go through stretches where he looks clear-cut like the best player in the league, if not you know, on the field, on, in the league, you name it. He'll have four, five, six-game stretches where he looks like that, but then completely look the opposite for long stretches too. Long stretches within games, he'll completely disappear. And then, you know, and then he'll just it'll be completely disappear, throwing, just throwing ugly picks, inaccurate, but then he'll just suddenly show up when you need him the most. He has taken that offense because of the lack of defense on that team, and he's pretty much put that team on his back. It just, it just doesn't look like it's going to end up being enough. Atlanta here, what's interesting, has sort of taken a bit of a stranglehold on that second wild card because they now hold the tiebreaker against every team within a game of them. Now they have beaten the Cowboys, the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Packers. Those are all the teams within a game of Atlanta now for that wild card. So all Atlanta has to do is be as good the rest of the season as any of those teams. And they could find themselves in that final wild card spot. Um, or even move up, you know, depending on what happens with Carolina. But when you when you think about that, I don't never remember a season where we've had a team that's sitting in that in that bottom seating, who literally has the all their wins, all their core wins against every team that could possibly contend with them for a playoff spot. Yeah, it works out for them very nicely, um, and it it works out even better when they seem to be rounding into shape right now as, as well. So they can they can take that sort of space that they have and breathe knowing that they there's no one really breathing down their necks because, like you said, they got those uh, tiebreakers over all those teams. Yeah. Uh, one more thing about the Seahawks. Uh, boy, the Se- Seattle's going to Seattle, and Pete Carroll is going to Pete Carroll. Uh, this franchise – under Pete Carroll, there's going to be books written about them when it's all said and done because they are fascinating, man. The way they do things, the way they do business, this sort of laissez-faire, uh, fly by the seat of your pants. What other coach do you know that would get into field goal position at the end of the first half, would have their offense bust their ass to get into field goal position with seven seconds left in the first half and then call a fake field goal? and get slammed and get nothing out of it. No three points, no nothing. Uh, just because they saw a look that they thought they could spring a, a touchdown. And, and no timeouts, by the way. So if they spring a big run out of that but get tackled at the 10, then time runs out and they get no points anyway. So uh, you talk about almost no reward and just a ton of risk. But that's how Pete Carroll does it. Yeah, I would, I would venture to say that any any coach with Blair Walsh as your kicker might do that. <laughs> there you go. That's, I, I I had overlooked that part. Yeah, so maybe that was just 
strategy on the part of Pete Carroll going, you know, seven's better than nothing. Seven's better than three. Blair Walsh is my kicker. I'm going to get nothing. There you go. And, and then they have a chance to tie it at the end of regulation and, and wind up getting nothing anyway. Cause he, I think that's Blair Walsh showing you why he shouldn't be employed because he's had so many bad field goals where he's just yacked it one way or another that this yeah. time he focused so much on keeping it straight and he didn't put any leg into it at all. He kicked it like a girl. <laughs> Uh-oh. Can you say that? I just did. Okay. Well, it was a completely meaningless game, mostly, but I would be remiss during the live portion of the show here if we didn't talk about the game that's probably the reason why I took the week from you and what might go down so far for the year is one of the cheapest covers of the year. And I know I texted you about it. Your response is telling me that, yes, you indeed see see the highlight. What did you think of the end of that Jacksonville-Cleveland game from a gambling standpoint? Terrible. Terrible bad beat, uh, the, the type of bad beat that makes you wonder why you gamble, um, the type of bad beat that makes me wonder why I'm still picking the Cleveland Browns. Again, they <laughs> competed too. They they were so frustrating. They were like the, 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 the Dallas Cowboys. They tried. They really tried to win that game. They just they're, – they're so bad at football. The Browns are so terrible at football. They're bad at everything they do pretty much. Uh, like I said, the one thing they're decent at statistically is stopping the run, and they couldn't even do that. They got ran on as well. And even with that, they were they were there. They, they had a chance to drive and potentially win the game if they could put together the winning drive. And instead, it, it completely goes the other way. Instead of a comeback touchdown to win the game, they get the sack, the fumble, uh, and, the, and the touchdown in the end zone for the Jaguars to push it the other way over the top. Oh God, that was that was very tough to watch. It made it made a little bit tougher by the fact that the uh, the Browns were right there and could have jumped on the ball in the end zone and, and made it a safety instead of a touchdown, and they couldn't get that right. They bungled that too. So, but. Now, I would still like to point out for you though, at thirteen to seven, which was the score when they strip sacked Kaiser, the safety still covers. The safety still covers, and I think is a worse cover because then it, be, <laughs> then, then it becomes basically a one-point cover. Yeah. When that's the only you know that that's the only outcome that can beat you is this ball rolls into the end zone because as soon as the ball rolls into the end zone, it's over. As soon as he got stripped and that ball bounced into the end zone, either the Jags are going to jump on it, it's going to get knocked out the back of the end zone for a safety, or Cleveland's going to jump on it. Or maybe Cleveland picks it up and then like trickles the ball out, but as soon as the ball rolled over the line, I'm like, ball game because all these guys are diving for it. I kind of half expected with all the guys diving for it for somebody to just bat it out of the end zone. Um, but yeah, what a, I had given up on the fact that I was going to win that pick. I was done with that game. It was 13-7. I was going to get hooked the wrong direction, you know, the one point line going the wrong way, which happens to me all the all the time, and then all of a sudden Jacksonville jumps on them like, holy crap, it, it can happen to me. Yeah, don't give up. It's the it's the Cleveland Browns. Brown's going to Brown, so don't ever give up. Don't You got to keep the faith when it's the Cleveland yeah. Browns screwing something up. 
that was going to give you the right side of the bet, you always got to keep the faith because it's the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other the other one that I had texted you about was about the the awesome play calling of my favorite head coach, <laughs> Mike McCarthy, calling for in a in a in a game that was still within reach for the Packers, calling for a fourth and six at midfield after he'd already bypassed like fourth and ones. He punted on fourth and one. He decided at this point. Later in the game, I'm going to go for it on fourth and sixth. And basically, Brent Hundley took a shotgun snap, rolled off to his right, and got immediately sacked. <sighs> almost like, almost like that's the play they called. I think that's what they. I think that's what McCarthy <laughs> sent in through the headset to Brett. Brett, yeah, Brett. What I want you to do here is uh, <laughs> uh, roll out to the right and, uh, and get sacked on one. Oh my God! Just, just hideous play call again. Uh, it, you know the. And, and this was we were talking about how you know Hundley looked better against the Bears for for breaking down you know for when the plays broke down that he could make some plays. The problem was is that the Ravens were living in his lap the whole game, and he didn't have the chance to get away from them at all. No, every time he looked up, there was more Ravens coming to to maraud him. Right. They had even overcome the fact that he had thrown two ugly picks. And and lost a fumble in the first half. That that team had three big turnovers, and at halftime we're still within a score. And once again, you're losing six to nothing at halftime. You make no adjustments for the second half. You come out and you do the same damn thing you did for the first half. And that's how you end up losing twenty three to nothing. How about the one pass play all year that's worked for the Ravens is Joe Flacco deep to Mike Wallace, and Green Bay still couldn't stop it. I believe I had that one. You I'll did take have that. You did have that one. Green Bay was the only doing much. thing they knew how to do. They weren't stopping anything. No, that's true. It, it, it was uh, it was it was an ugly game. Uh, bad, and, bad, bad football. Yeah, and, and Hunley has been looking uglier and uglier, unfortunately for them. Uh, one more small thing before there's there's a lot of other things that happen. We'll get to them in the after show, but one more thing to uh, address on the live show that I wanted to. Um, the Oakland Raiders. Um, what the hell was that? You 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 go to Mexico. Yeah. You absolutely do not show up. We thought that the Patriots and the Raiders defenses would both allow them to have big days on each other, and it only went one way. The Patriots they were gassing the the Raiders in the first quarter because of that elevation. And the Patriots are like, da 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 da. There's no problems here. We're just fine. So the the Raiders, uh, Godspeed and and rest in peace. The Raiders are now dead. Here's the irony, though. You're playing the taps music for the Raiders, but they're only two games out because the are yakking it up so hard here. Oh my goodness. Well. I just think a team that plays like that in that spot, I guess, is, is they're, they're dead to me. And I'll play the taps for them for my vantage point. The, the Raiders are dead from my viewpoint. You don't have to believe in that, I guess. And didn't they? And didn't they play in Mexico last year? Shouldn't they? Yeah, they should know. They should know. Absolutely. And we, yeah, well, that the taps music is for our pick. Oh, we were, we were both on the Raiders in that game. 
Yes, we were. We, we were. Oh my God! And the the Patriots just had no respect for them at all. Just smacked them to the side. And ah, well, that was one of the mistakes that we made. We we only had two games where we both uh, had to pick wrong, and that it was that in, in Arizona. How about Tom Savage deciding to play some football? Now you want to throw to DeAndre Hopkins. Now you discover him as a weapon. Now you do <laughs> because you got off. See. Yep. That's it. I got off the bandwagon. You jumped off the train, but the train didn't derail. (laughs) It kept on going. That's that's, that's how it works sometimes. You've jumped off a lot of trains that just go on without you. That's my move. Like the Eagles. You jumped off the Eagles train, and it just keeps going. (laughs) Oh, they're they're due. Eventually, they're going to get – they they got to – fall eventually they got to like, they're not going to go yeah, 15 like at one cleveland's not going to you know lose every game because nobody loses every game yeah philly's not going to go 15 and one and cleveland's not going to go 0 and 16 i don't know when they're going to falter and when the browns are going to find a way to win but it's going to happen i'm telling you I'll it's going to happen you just keep picking those so i can catch up to you okay uh, yeah uh, that, that's one way to let someone catch me on to our triple gobble, our Thanksgiving Day games, the three games on Turkey Day. I did the whistle, but traditionally I do the, the gobble because I do have a gobble lined up as a sound effect somewhere along here. Here we go. And we'll start. It's it's in there. I, I got all the goofy sound effects. Uh, I, I have no taste, as you can tell. And we'll start tomorrow morning. It's always been a morning game here in the in the Central Time Zone. I guess it's twelve thirty out east uh, in the afternoon, but it's always been eleven thirty Central uh, yeah. in Motown. Uh, this is the Vikings and the Lions in an NFC North matchup, as we previewed a little bit before. This is the one and only chance for anybody to stop the Vikings from rolling all the way to the NFC North title. The Lions are two games behind. Uh, would do much good for them to get a win here. Minnesota at eight and two, three and one on the road. Detroit at six and four, two and three at home. And Minnesota coming off that impressive victory and in the middle of a long, long, long winning streak should be the favorites, and they are. They give two and a half points at the Lions. Jason, who you got? Yeah, the thing you know, and of course we didn't talk about the Lions last week because the Lions, the ultimate bum slayers, all they can do is get us a push against the Bears. Really, <laughs> really, that's all you can do. Stop me from a ten and four week because all you could do is get a push against the lowly Chicago Bears. Well, I'll tell we you need what. to thank we need to thank Connor Barth because they might not have got the push if not for Connor Barth. Yeah, that that is true as well. But the, the Vikings are not going to let those bad. Lions receivers get any separation. I don't. I don't think the Lions are going to get a whole lot done offensively. I'm going to take the Vikings here. Uh, pretty easy. Well, as I kind of gave away a little bit, I think the Lions are going to compete. I think they're going to. Uh, I think they know that this is their one and only chance to stay in the race, and I think they're going to actually give the the Vikings a little bit of a of a game and come out with a victory. Uh, it's it's on that short week, as, as as you know. I always try to give some uh, love to the home teams on those short weeks. It was such a, a physical game that the Vikings played on Sunday against the Rams. It was such a big game. 
I guess I'm looking at this almost as a little bit of a letdown, even though it's a division opponent. It's the only division opponent that has a chance to do anything against the Vikings. And statistically, I'll say that the Vikings uh, have been trending way up in pass defense. They've been really shutting people down. However, the Lions have really been trending up in passing offense. I don't know what those receivers are doing, but they're 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 getting some kind of open somehow. And Matthew Stafford is, is putting on a show having – one of his better seasons statistically. He's got the Lions all the way up to sixth in the league in passing. And I think he's going to actually put some yardage on the Vikings to, tomorrow. And I'm actually going to take Detroit. So we'll go head-to-head right off the bat in the morning. So that'll be fun. And in the afternoon, it's Big D, the Dallas Cowboys, the other traditional host of a Thanksgiving Day game. But they're missing, of course, still – uh, Ezekiel Elliott on his suspension. Uh, Tyron Smith, uh, the left tackle, is a game-time decision. He's going to try to make it out there for them. But no Messiah Sean Lee once again uh, in the run game, run, in the run defense game for Dallas. He will not be there. So that should open things up for the Chargers to run a little bit. The Los Angeles-San Diego Super Chargers at 4-6, and 2-3 and three on the road. Visiting Dak Prescott and the five and five Dallas Cowboys, only two and three at home, and some of those losses have been pretty big and pretty embarrassing, just like the one that they had on Sunday. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, despite that Eagles game, I, I I said that I liked how much the Cowboys competed. I think they were really trying to win. I think they they were putting their best foot forward. And I, I guess I don't believe that much in the Chargers. I know they're looking like they're they're having a little bit of a resurgence, and anyone's going to look like they're having a little bit of a resurgence facing Nathan Peterman. So that, that you have to take it with a grain of salt how great the Chargers looked on Sunday. I, I guess I don't really trust them as much on the road coming into Dallas, uh, even though the public trusts them because they are two-point favorites. Uh, on the road at Dallas, but I will take the Dallas Cowboys, the home team, and the two points as well. I think uh, they're getting a little more used to life without Ezekiel Elliott, and I think Dak Prescott and Des Bryant seem to be getting more and more on the same page. Prescott has been playing some good football lately, um, and I'm going to take the Cowboys to eke out a close one. I'm just going to say, in our lifetimes, and I mean, I'm sure we could look this up very easily, but just thinking back through our lives, have we ever seen the Chargers on Thanksgiving before? This feels weird. Maybe and I think it's gonna feel, <laughs> And I think it's going to feel weird for them. So I'm with you. I'm going to take the Cowboys because they are the – this is their tradition. Um, the, Vikings, the Lions is their tradition as well, but they're playing a common opponent, and they're playing somebody who's played on Thanksgiving a lot. I don't know – about the Chargers going Jerry World here at all. I don't trust this one. So, gut tells me to go with the Cowboys. All right. Statistically or point spread-wise, the uh, the worser game of the three uh, will be the Washington Redskins hosting the New York Giants. But those two wins the Giants have – both of those on the money line would have pretty much paid for your, your house mortgages if you would have picked either one of those because I think they were 13.5-point dogs at Denver and, of course, 10-point dogs on Sunday. They're only 7-point dogs here, so this is almost a bargain. 
the two and eight New York Giants plus seven at the four and six Washington Redskins. Jason, what's your pick? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Redskins and give the points. That Redskins offense is seriously a hundred times more legitimate right now than what that Chiefs offense has looked like over the last few weeks. The Giants, the Giants sucked up everything that they had. And it took, I think, a total effort for them to go out and do that. And I think now we get the letdown Redskins squish. Uh, looks like Jordan Reed out again for this game for the Redskins. And, of course, Chris Thompson had that gruesome leg injury. So Washington losing running backs every week. And they're down to Samaje P. Ryan is pretty much their, their one and only guy left. Um, so how how does this work? How do, um Oh, what the hell, I'll take the Giants and the points. Is that how you do it? Instead of giving any other explanations, just, oh, what the hell. Yeah, it's a good try. You just It's just not your thing. It's just not your move. It feels weird. I, I feel like I need to have some, some exposition. I need to have some explanation for what I'm feeling here. To, but I, 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 don't, I don't know how to do that. I, I, just because. What the hell. Just because I'll take the Giants and the points because I don't know any better. On our after show when we come back. Now into the VIP after show program where I was smart enough to log into the show as the host so that we can have an after show because I learned my lesson from last time. That's right. We both were on the phone line and got cut off. Yep. So we, we are actually here. Well, that's good. So we're still on the air. Uh, yeah, right. briefly, we didn't get to talk about it much during the live portion, but, woo boy. Heaterman. Yeah. Oh. That was an all-time brain fart to start Nathan Peterman. That yeah, was Nathan, an all-timer. Nathan Peterman may be in the Hall of Infamy someday. Just for that game. For playing one of the worst halves of football ever, and and, and he, I mean he threw four picks in his first nine passes. So for anyone who didn't see the highlights, the first pick that Peterman threw, he yes he threw five interceptions in the first half against the San Diego L.A. Chargers. First one's off his receiver Patrick Demarco's hand. Yeah, all the rest of the four were straight to the defenders and. But I almost feel like, I don't want to say it's an excuse, but if you actually watch the interceptions, all four of those other ones, he was getting drilled. He was right in the middle of absolutely getting plastered on all four of those other interceptions. And he did what you don't want your quarterback to do, which is sort of throw it up in, in fear and go, ah! But yeah. you see, yeah. but it's the uh, on the other side of it, it's the Tom Savage uh, uh, way of dealing with pressure in your face, which is to just turtle and freeze and, and get plastered and hold on to the ball and get sacked. And he didn't want to do that. So there's, I guess there's a couple of different ways you can give up the booty if you're a quarterback and, and people are in your face and you don't have the experience to just hang in there and, and go through your progressions and do what you got to do. Either you run scared like a little bitch and throw it up and and tower away, or you stand there like a statue and get absolutely destroyed. So uh, that, that's the Peterman style. It's the Savage style versus the Peterman style, and, and we we saw the Peterman style on Sunday, and that was, uh, ooh, that was bad. Did we just? Did you? I think you just coined the phrase Peterman. But no, the 
Savage style and Peterman style because now from now on we, we see a guy do that. We see a guy just go out there and, you know, turtle and just start, you know, deer in the headlights taking sacks. It's Savage style, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what he's been doing. And you get the guy – I don't know if I've ever seen it as bad as what Peterman did. I mean, that's like playground. That was an all-timer. <laughs> I remember doing that when we were playing, like, pickup games. Like, you know, uh, about the you just like to throw it, just hoping for something good to happen. But I, I don't know what he was doing. He was yeah, I don't want to open – I don't want to open fresh wounds, but was that what you were doing in the in the Alamo Bowl game? Because they were coming at you, man. Because I was trying well, to stop them, but no, you know, I wasn't having much success. I was, I was actually hurt for most of that game. Oh, so uh, I I had gotten my arm hit pretty early on in that game, so I actually didn't play at quarterback for a large percentage of time in that game. Ah. And then when I did come back and we sort of just started to figure things out a little bit, but we had to figure out, but see what we didn't figure out in that game was more on defense. Because they had the running quarterback, and the quarterback refused to throw the ball. Yes. And because he had an out. offensive line, and he knew yeah. that they would just maraud us, and he could just run behind them. Right. And we figured out way too late that all we needed to do was not rush their quarterback and just, not let him run by, and, and then he had to start trying to throw the ball, and, and, and we started doing well. But we figured it out when the game was already over. Yeah, they had already had four or five touchdowns on us by that point. But, to our credit, we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> we did, but I, I didn't know if that was what you were doing uh, as people were going past me like a turnstile in that game, because I, I, I couldn't see what was happening with you, because I was on my ass. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was, told, I was doing the Peterman. Well, first of all, it didn't help that our center in that game was snapping the ball 10 feet over my head, it seemed like, on every play. <laughs> and that was just a disaster. The whole thing was a disaster. But, yeah, that I know how Peterman feels from from having been in that spot. It's not a fun feeling when you know that you're about to just get lit up. And, and you said it. You, yeah. you said, why, why are you making this kid's first start on the road versus Joey Bosa? What are you trying to do? <laughs> well... <laughs> I I believe we had that one. We were all over that one. I'm stunned we did not have that as our lock of the week. You did beat me on the lock. I had uh, Washington and New Orleans as my lock, and they they had to barely scrape out a win in in comeback style with New Orleans, but and with Washington. But uh, yeah, how did we not have the Chargers? going up against Nathan Peterman as our lock of the week. They beat him by 30. I didn't have it as a lock because I didn't have any idea what to expect out of Peterman at all. I didn't know. I assumed he was going to blow because of that spot that he was being put in, but since I'd never seen him in a day in my life, I didn't actually know what he was going to be capable of doing. I didn't right. know that was going to happen. I yeah, did not I know mean, that, that was going to happen. But again, Whew. how much of the blame do we put on him it, 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 you still have to put 90% of the blame on the idiot coach, right? Yes, and Sean McDermott has already said, guess what? Tyrod Taylor is starting this coming Sunday. Really? You don't say? <laughs> I'm, Do you imagine if you put Peterman back out there? Yeah. He thinks the Bills may be drafting a quarterback next year. <laughs> he thinks they don't know what the fuck they're doing right now. Is, is Maybe that was also true. Peterman did. We want to see what we've got. Well, well, now you know what you got. 
Not much. You've got a kid who throws the panic switch and chucks the ball up to the defense every time there's a little bit of pressure that gets put on him. You briefly mentioned the Redskins-New uh, Orleans Saints game. Yeah. That game, to me, was why Kirk Cousins will make the big bank in the offseason whenever the Redskins get sick of signing him to uh, uh, franchise deals and let him get in the open market. Uh, He handled that hot New Orleans defense and made them – reminded me of the old New Orleans defense. They couldn't cover anybody, and Cousins was hitting everyone in stride perfectly, and, and some guys were wide open, and he was hitting them as well. And then at the same time, it's why Washington refuses to sign Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal because he couldn't put the game away after all that. You're up 15 points. you got to put that thing away. No, I'm with you there. And that's, we've seen this a lot from, from Cousins, that he'll put up the gaudy numbers. But it, it, you just always get that sense like they're going to lose. But they're going to find a way for something bad to happen or he's going to throw an ill-timed interception. Um, you know, little, little more, little, little Matt Ryan in him without the the Matt Ryan sort of pedigree. You know, he'll he'll because he, we've seen this with Ryan, right? We always talk about Ryan and the soul crushing pick and the soul crushing mm-hmm. turnover, and you know, and with Cousins, I think he's got a little bit of that in him, or he'll keep them competitive in a game, and then right when they need him the most, he'll do something boneheaded. But the talent's clearly there. The arm is there. I mean, he'll yeah, he'll he'll make bank. He'll get money. He he deserves it. He'll he'll get into a better situation. You you would think. Maybe he gets with a a different coaching scheme. You know, somebody somebody's gonna pay this kid. Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost unfair for me to put this loss on him because that touchdown to get them within eight points to get the Saints back within eight the ensuing possession, the Redskins go three and out is not really Cousins' fault. They had three runs, and they had uh, nine yards on the first two runs, and then on third and one, Samaje P. Ryan got uh, destroyed in the backfield. That's not really on Cousins, but I don't know. I guess I just feel like, don't you think if Tom Brady is in that position and he sees a, a big defensive front on third and one, he audibles and makes the right throw to get that first down and put that thing away. I guess that's what I'm expecting. The the money that Cousins wants, he wants more than Tom Brady. Tom Brady keeps taking less than what he's worth because he's trying to keep money in the in the organization to sign free agents and keep the, 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 the entire team afloat, which is uh, laudable. Uh, so Cousins, whatever he's asking for, is going to be more than Brady. I want you to play like Tom Brady, if you're going to ask for that kind of money. I want you to take control and make the decision when you see that New Orleans has 11 in the box on third and one to to make the audible and make the right call and and put that thing away with the first down. But he he didn't do it. He went ahead and snapped that run, and and P. Ryan not only got stuffed, but, like, lost three or four yards. It was not even close. And I think anyone should have seen that that was going to happen if he snapped that ball right there. You know, but we don't. I I don't know how much autonomy that Kirk Cousins has in that offense. Is is it up to him to make that call at the line? You're right. I don't know, but I I, I guess I kind of make it my autonomy at that point. Like, okay, look, I know what's about to happen if I snap this ball, and I'm not going to yeah. snap this ball. You know, and knowing the game situation, you clearly Washington, the the, the, the team that's winning, they they must have had. I, I'm not thinking of the exact situation, but usually the team that's winning, you got a timeout to spare. You see 
that look, pop up ref, pop up to the ref with like one second left on the clock, turn around, timeout, you know, give your coach yeah. a chance to, to maybe get out of what you could see was a doing. You run over to the sideline. Hey, coach, they were stacking the box. Let's spread this thing out. Let's run, you know, you see that much and you're just going to go out there and you're going to go mano a mano and you're going to man up on the other team and you didn't make it and you lost the game. And that's why the Redskins aren't going to bring him back for the, the contract that he wants. Uh, so what else uh, did we not get to for week 11 that you wanted to get to? Boy, I mean, we kind of, we hit, we hit on, I think it wasn't, a, it wasn't a huge schedule. I mean, I don't know. Cincinnati and Denver, that's not worth talking about. We were both, we were both on that one. Tampa Bay, we were both on that one. So we, overall, you know, we're starting to get to that point in the season. There's some games that we just, we just don't need to talk about anymore. Right. There's teams that are done. It, yeah, we still pick them all. And we're going to win some and we're going to lose some. But but overall, I think it was a, I thought it was a fairly uh, fairly successful week. Um and and was there any any game action or anything that you that we didn't hit on that you really just was you had a burning desire to get to? <laughs> uh not a burning desire, no. Um those two defenses that got their coaches uh, fire, uh, not the uh, one was a defense and one was an offense. They got their coaches fired. Uh, their their yeah. offensive and defensive coordinators. That the the only thing about the Denver game against Cincinnati is uh, I don't understand why Denver has stopped defending the pass. Uh, I, I don't understand. We talked about the Legion of Boom turning into the Legion of Room, and now we got the no fly zone turning into the all fly zone. I don't know what's going on there. So yeah, Mike McCoy is the problem. Let's fire the offensive coordinator in Denver, and then. Make sure that we clean that up. I, I don't know what a new coordinator could possibly do with Brock Osweiler and and uh, uh, the, the kid from Northwestern, whose name I've already forgotten, Simeon. Well, um, no, it's Pax, it's Paxton Lynch this week, didn't you know? Yes, now I now it's Paxton Lynch with the new coordinator. But I'm saying I don't know what a new coordinator would have done with the other two quarterbacks that got Mike McCoy fired, and got McCoy fired. got he would have gotten fired. <laughs> And McCoy got no chance at all with Paxton Lynch. Not that that would have done any better, but uh, you almost never see a coordinator and a new and a quarterback change in the same week, right in the middle of a season like that. No, no, I, I don't. I don't quite know. I don't quite know what the thinking is. I, I think what they're looking at is that the Broncos are three and seven. They don't want to fire the head coach, so they they're gonna do something. You know. This is clearly not the season that they were in. It was the season that I was anticipating, season that I believe that the Broncos were anticipating for themselves. Not at all. Um, yeah, I, I was with the Broncos. I had the confidence in them that I picked them to win the division, and that looked almost as stupid as me picking the, the Texans to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, really bad calls out of me there. And the Raiders, who I already played taps for, uh, got their defensive coordinator, Ken Norton Jr., fired. They still have zero interceptions on the season. We're in week 12. We're about to pass Thanksgiving, and the Raiders haven't picked a, a single ball off all year. That is incredible. Wow. So that means that Peter Peterman would have thrown four touchdowns on them. <laughs> I mean, the Chargers had and, and zero picks. Half. The Chargers had five and a half, and the Raiders don't have one in all season. 
Yeah, Elias, uh, I think, did the uh, – I shouldn't just credit the Elias Bureau automatically, but somebody did the uh, calculations and found out that on those Peterman passes, his passer rating if the uh, Los Angeles Chargers were the intended receivers on his passes, his passer rating would have been 40 points higher than his passer rating as the Buffalo Bills quarterback. Well, I've never heard of something like that before. Well, he pretty much threw it right to the guys four times. Right. He was playing for the other team is what it looked like. And and, and the numbers backed that up. That's uh, that's an all-timer. We will – I think it's going to be a while before we forget this game and, and, and Peterman. This one's going to be one, especially because of the controversy – of benching the quarterback on a successful, you know, a team that with a winning record was was sitting in that prime spot for that last wild card. Yes, they'd played over their heads, but there was nothing that indicated that Tyrod Taylor deserved to be benched. He wasn't hurt. He'd only thrown three interceptions for the whole season. His replacement threw five and a half. <laughs> they threw four in nine attempts. You even tweeted at Tyrod Taylor to to talk about how bad it was going for Peterman. I did. I did. I was. I would have loved if, if Taylor would have like liked that tweet or something and gotten in trouble for it uh, in social media or something like that. I believe I. Said you won't believe the tweet that Tyrod Taylor liked this week. Too too soon? Was it? Did I say something like too soon to go back to Tyrod Taylor here? You know? Oh man. Yeah. I'm tr- I'm trying to remember. Uh, trying to remember what the hashtag was that I had put on that. That was a good uh, one. Full of quit. Quit. <laughs> this team is full of quit. I, I like that. That's a new. That's my new hashtag. Full of quit. Yes, because it's a bit I of like an oxymoron, it. right? Because <laughs> if, you, if you're quitting, you're, you're not really staying around to be full of it, right? You're just quitting. Exactly. But... They are full of quit. That's a lot. That's a lot of quit. They're loading up on the quit. quit. They went. They went to the quitters gas station and topped that thing <laughs> off. Yeah, that's that's what it looked like. Yeah, uh, that and, wasn't and, and that wasn't and that wasn't the low grade quit. That was the <laughs> high grade quit that they put in that tank. Oh my god! That was, that was a ninety three ethanol quit right there. Yeah, that was the same. That was the same station that the Giants defense was at a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but now they're running low, apparently. I guess. Evidently. <laughs> they for for one week, they manned up. I will give them credit that they manned up for a week and they caught they caught the Chiefs in a trap. They did. Guess what? I'm in that shit tomorrow night. Because I picked the Giants. I'm all for it. I'm sure you are. I'm all for it. Big, uh, big Thanksgiving plans for you? Yeah, the same uh, as as uh, has been the tradition is out at my wife's uh, uncle's house, which is a very big house, very nice house, and seems to be the gathering place for uh, his different offspring and, uh, and and their relatives and, and friends and family members that come on through. So it's a, it's a pretty big gathering. Um, I believe it's normally been somewhere between 20 and 30 people when it's all said and done. 
uh, that oh, wow. come through there. So a pretty sizable gathering. And as I mentioned, uh, I think the last show or the show before that, uh, looking forward to uh, my wife's cousin, Alicia, who's out in Hollywood and has been making uh, some waves out there. And really looking forward to seeing her before the – before she gets too big and, and isn't able to come back home because she's so busy working. So maybe yeah. one last one last chance to see her before she goes completely Hollywood. See how many times she's been sexually harassed since she's been out. <laughs> I don't, don't think she's going to have any stories like that. At least have I'm there been any? you got to ask her, you know, hey, you know, I'm on this podcast. My co-host my co wants to know if your butt's been cupped lately. <laughs> Can Does promise you, I will will not be asking there, her that. No, no, no butt cupping <laughs> incidents or, or okay. All right, Just, you know, inquiring minds, we got to know. Um, well, if you've learned well, anything about all these women coming out lately, is that it's important to let them come out on their own time. I, we need to give them <laughs> their space to feel comfortable about it. You know, we, we don't want to rush them into it. Okay, that. that attempt to play the diplomatic role here. That's right. That you got to give that butt cupping proper space to breathe. She may not be ready to talk about her butt being cupped. <laughs> that seems to be the new term, butt cupped. Hashtag butt cupped. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of new terms coming out lately. Yeah, a lot of these seem to be like in, in photo ops. I didn't know we had all these, like, you know, we had with, like, George Bush and Al Frank. All these guys are – who knew that all these guys are in these photo ops where their hands were during the pictures? It made me think about, do I have any pictures where I'm walking up to sleeping women and pretending to honk their their horns there? Do I <laughs> Have I done that? Because well, uh, if I have, it's out there do, somewhere. But see, no, 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 we're not famous enough yet. you got to wait. Okay. You're big time, so you you don't want this podcast to ever really take off. You just want it to be moderately successful, because if we ever really, you know, if this thing ever somebody ever listens to this and hits the big time, it's all coming out. Well, I know what I've been thinking about through all these years, and hopefully you haven't been as irresponsible as I am. Long before this, I've always thought that if I ever do get famous and big and rich enough. That's when I'm going to find out that I have like three or four children out there that I've never known about. Because they're not waiting. They don't give a fuck about me right now because I ain't got no oh, money. Oh, no. You're going to have one but of if I get... what, what do you, the what do you say to the nice man moment? Are you my daddy? Uh-huh. But oh. if, I, if, I get, if I ever get famous enough, that's when I'll see uh, Jamie, my high school girlfriend, all of a sudden. Hi, remember me? Remember this? What? Oh, dear. So, yeah, that's, that's what I've been waiting on is, is if I get oh, famous enough... You'll be on Maury. You are not the father. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'll be and dancing around and 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 hashtag <laughs> hashtag butt cup. I don't think Maury does the butt cupping episodes. I think that's uh, that that might be more Springer's alley if he's still doing his show. Maury just cares about who's the father. They're gonna have to start like butt cuppers anonymous and all this stuff, you know. They got to share their stories. They all got to go into like some rehab clinic. Hi, my name is Al. I'm a I'm a butt cupper. Hi, Al. Hi, Al. Okay. <laughs> oh man, no, we're uh, we're actually for the first time in nine uh, with my wife and I are not hosting Thanksgiving here at our house. 
Um, wow. We are we are actually taking the 80 mile trek to my mom's house tomorrow with the kids. Okay. So yeah, for, so my wife's just my wife is so glad to that she's not having to cook. Uh, you know, right. I don't have to get up. I don't have to get up at six o'clock in the morning and clean house for four hours because we're gonna have guests. Nope. It is just gonna be get up, have some breakfast with the kids. You know, head up there leisurely time you know i gotta be up at four o'clock in the morning for work on friday that'll be fun so you know head home and just have a nice relaxing day tomorrow that's my hope oh yeah i, I keep forgetting you're in retail so your uh your black friday is, is oh, always yeah. something to behold yes i will i will leave for work at about five o'clock in the morning on friday and I'll be lucky if I'm home by nine thirty or ten o'clock that night. Wow. Yeah. So no show Friday. No show Friday. <laughs> gotcha. Just nonstop I, human beings in and out of your store. Uh, and I can't guarantee how how aware and cognizant I'll be on Saturday for our show, but I'll be here. Might be drooling and not be able to keep up with any teams, but you'll be yeah. there. Dumplings. Right. Yeah. So that, yeah. So my wife is excited. You know, we, we, you don't realize how spendy Thanksgiving is until you host it every year. So this mm-hmm. year we were only on the hook for dessert. So that's no problem. We go to Sam's Club and buy a pumpkin pie, which is what we were requested to do, and some Cool Whip. That's probably ten times less right there than what we normally spend for a Thanksgiving dinner. There it is. That's all you need to do. And uh, yeah, I've got a long, long stretch of work here coming up. But then I realized that between vacations and off times around the holidays, I'm only actually working about half the month of December. That's good. Yeah, I've got some nice long stretches off. We're going to have to figure out our pick show the weekend of December 8th, 9th there because I am actually out of town both of those days. Okay. So that that one might be interesting because I'm actually going to be gone Friday night and Saturday night. And not able to tear away and, and call in on the phone or anything? Well, I'll be in a hotel room with my children and they'll be sleeping. <laughs> oh. Okay. But, well, that one's going to be that. a tricky one. Yeah, that one will be a tricky one. So, yeah, that that was that's uh, I did. I was just thinking that that's one of that's our trip out of town. I'm like, oh crap, because we're leaving on Friday night and uh, coming home on Sunday. So that actually kind of puts me out of it for now. Since I am, no. I, yeah, boy, and yeah, we're leaving. You know, I'm only available Friday early. <laughs> you want to do a Friday? If you're not working, you do a Friday morning show. <laughs> that's about it. Unfortunately, I am working Friday. Uh, well, what day? What day is that? The weekend of what? It's December eighth. Oh, now I was thinking about uh, Christmas weekend. I will be off, and I'll be in Chicago. But I, I guess I'm uh, assuming that I'll be able to get my uncle's son's bedroom and, and commandeer yep. that again to, to do to do the going to weekend. Sh- going to Chicago for Christmas, huh? I finally got the week of Christmas off. It's the first time since I moved down here. So, yeah, I'm 
definitely looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, good for you. I've got a four-day weekend for Christmas, which is stunning. I'm actually off Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then the two days after that I'm looking forward to because, you know, ironically, we're doing like four Christmases in a three-day period. Mm. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna totally out Christmas Christmas this year. I'm going to be done with it. I'm going to be Christmas out. We're doing it the 23rd, the 24th, and twice on the 25th. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like we're going to have a lot of activity, too. They've been texting back and forth about, like, mystery presents and uh, grab bags oh. and things of that nature. So it's, Not apparently it's going to be – I haven't seen anything about butt cupping in my text. So I, that's, I hear uh, grab bag, you know. That, that sounds dirty now. No, not grab ass. Grab bag. Or grab sack. You don't want to grab sack. Grab bag. Definitely don't want to grab sack. No, just grab bag. That, that's that's a long-standing tradition of, of Christmas is the grab bag present. That's right. Normally, normally something that nobody really wants, but they have to express excitement and go, "Yay! This is really cool." So, looking yeah, forward to I, that. You know what? I I just so not good at faking it. People know when they get in the <laughs> They just know yeah. it. Yeah. They hate that. Somebody yeah, I've seen you like, oh, sort of try to fake excitement. Yeah, yeah you, you you don't hide it well. No, I don't. I just don't. <laughs> I, I, I think I just end up sounding so fake. Oh, I've always... Yeah, I've always, oh, yeah. one of these things that'll still be in my storage year a year from now. <laughs> storage area, you know, room a year from now. Always wanted a Christmas sweater in my size. Wow. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to being with the family. That's the, the most important thing, of course. That That is the number one most important thing. Uh, the 8th of December, which is a Friday, um, how no? I was about to say how early is early? Uh, would you want to do that show? But I forget about my new work schedule now, where I, I I'm up and uh, and out of the house by six and working at seven nowadays. So oh, I'm fun. at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. I'm, it's dark when I go to work and it's dark when I go home. So I'm, I feel like a uh, vampire uh, now. I I know how that feels. So no, I'm I'm with you there. No, I'm, I mean that's gonna be one. I don't know if we'll end up having to squeeze in a Thursday. I know we've done it in emergencies before. Um, yeah, the might, Thursday that, night show. That might be the one. That might be yeah. the one because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're going to be on the road, out of the house with the kids by 3.30 that day. Okay. And then we'll have, you know, I have like stuff going on at night and, you know, I'm going to be at a, I'm going to be at a hotel. I, I don't know if I, it'd be weird trying to like sneak into the lobby or something to, to, <laughs> To do the show on the phone, I, I would just feel weird doing that. No, I, I understand. I didn't know what I was going to do before my uncle's son gave me his bedroom. All the right. way up to a, a few hours before the show, I thought I was going to maybe have to go out to my car <laughs> and do it sitting out there. Oh, now but, see, that works, but that doesn't work when you live in Wisconsin. <laughs> and it's December. In the middle of winter, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, that probably would be a bad idea. That's a few weeks off, but I thought I'd throw that out there. 
uh, we, we've all been warned um, that Christmas weekend, uh, the, that Friday is definitely out for me because that's when we're traveling in. We won't be landing until like nine oh. o'clock that night. Well, that may that may so. be a third. Nighter as well because we might have Saturday football that week. Right, exactly. That's what I was saying. Uh, although if you're like you say uh, on vacation, uh, then that might be like a Saturday morning or afternoon type situation. We could maybe do that. Well, actually, yeah, because Saturday is uh, Christmas. Nope, Saturday's Saturday's the twenty third. Third. I work that day all day. Oh, you're working. Okay. I work all day on the 23rd. I'm off on the 24th through the 27th for Christmas break. Oh, okay. We'll scratch that. So we might be, well, maybe we'll have Thursdays twice. I can handle, I don't care when we make the pick. Yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm the, I'm the one that's a stickler or, you know, got to stick up my ass for making picks too early because guys – pop up on the injury report and wind up not playing, you know, later on that weekend or something like that. But that's why, that's why I like it. Get you off your game. (laughs) Hey, uh, I'll just have to make a bunch of contingency picks then. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) If this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy don't play, then I'm switching my picks on all those guys. Oh, but if this guy plays, but this one doesn't, <laughs> that's going to totally change the matchup. Ooh, contingency within the contingency. Mm. Yes, contingency, contingency picks. It's the inception of football picks. I hadn't considered that. <laughs> have you even seen that movie? I have. I actually know okay. what that's about. That, that, that reference I actually know because I actually sat and watched that movie. Did you enjoy Inception? Did you enjoy that movie? Because that's a sticking point here in my household. I wouldn't make it a sticking point. I wouldn't argue with anyone over it. I I enjoyed it, but I absolutely understand anyone who says, oh, God, my head started hurting. I couldn't follow. I, I couldn't get into that. The sticking point here in my house is my wife and I went to see that movie. And it was a late show. And she fell asleep. Nah. Oh, about 20 minutes, half an hour into the movie. As her head on my shoulder, she's asleep for about an hour. Wakes up an hour into the movie, sits up and looks at the screen and goes, this movie makes no sense. I don't like it. <laughs> well. That's not the kind of movie you can fall asleep during <laughs> and understand. You can't miss 30 seconds of that movie, it'll make no sense, but, you know. <laughs> right. Ah, yes, yeah, so that's always the joke in my house. The little sticking point is, you know, my wife was, you know, that's what, this is why my wife and I no longer go to 9.30 or 9.40 p.m. shows. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because, she, you know, we both work, she's tired, she falls asleep during the movie, and that's what happens. Wakes up an hour, when you wake up after missing an hour of Inception, claiming that it made no sense, Kind of, kind of to be expected. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) No, I I loved that movie. I thought that I thought that was a very well done, very well made. I thought that was a good movie. I did too. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, Okay. I just usually you make movie references with movies you've never seen. No, that's fair. Uh, 
99 out of 100 times I make a movie reference and I've never seen the movie, but that one I've actually seen. <laughs> okay. That one, I don't I don't know how anyone could make a reference without actually having seen it, because if you haven't seen it, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, Which is your true. wife. That's true. That's true. She couldn't make any references to that movie because she didn't see most of it. I'm going to have to get my wife a t-shirt that says I slept through Inception and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> She'll wear that as much as you wore the Ron Mexico t-shirt that I bought you for your 30th birthday. You know, I, it ended up not fitting me. My mom oh, okay. wore the hell out of that t-shirt. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad it got used. But hey, Ron Mexico's back on TV. I, I guess he's back in the good graces of everybody now. He's on all, you know, he's on the pregame. I guess he's rehabilitated, huh? I guess. I, I, I don't watch the pregames at all, so I didn't even know that he's part of the, the packages. Yeah. Um, he's on one of the pregame, Fox pregame now. Huh. But like the pre well, pregame, not, not the 11 o'clock one, the 10 o'clock one. Oh, brother. So he's on the pre pregame show. It's the inception of pregame shows, the pregame oh, within the pregame. <laughs> it, it really is. There are. They just, and, this is the only thing they can find for all these former players to do, is be on, you know, be analysts now. I mean, they've got these, they've got these uh, panels now that are like eight and nine wide. Oh, we were making fun of that uh, several yeah. years ago when those, those ESPN. NFL countdown Sunday yeah. Sunday NFL countdown is that what the show's called? Hey, but then you've got like NFL Network who has the pregame crew. Then they have the NFL morning people they cut to. Then they cut over to somebody another like <laughs> subgroup of. I mean, you've literally got like the NFL show on NFL Network where they're going to go. They go through like thirteen, fourteen plus more, maybe more people that they all have to work in to that show. The cruel irony of that with NFL Network is that all those guys there that probably halfway know what they're talking about, but I can't watch their uh, I can't watch their recap show at night anymore because it's all Deion Sanders smiling and making no sense and, and playing kissy face with all the with all the players and, and trying to buddy buddy and uh, charm all those guys. I can't watch that shit anymore at all. So. You, you hire all these people, and you you don't choose the right ones for the job because you're trying to choose the most charismatic charismatic ones, but the ones that's going to get the bigger ratings instead of the guys that actually know what they're talking about. Oh, you mean well, that's which is why they have Deion Sanders doing the interviews after the draft? Oh, God bless you, man. God bless. That's all he does. He asks about their shoes, and he and then he says, "God bless you," and that's it. It's like I don't need to see that ever again as long as I live. Ever. There's no pur- no purpose at all to that. Did you did you see the feud that uh, Tony Romo and Dion are getting into there? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, that was a little. That, that was a little. I don't know. What, that was a little weird. A little immature. Apparently, Romo made a comment on one of his broadcasts about you know Dion Sanders being a bad tackler, and then yeah, Dion I, I, goes on. His, Dion just takes that and goes on this diatribe about all the failings of Tony Romo's career. But Dion Sanders was a horrible tackler. Correct. Everybody so, was correct, and everybody was childish in that situation. Yes, <laughs> yes 
absolutely. <laughs> I was watching the game that Romo made the reference. I forget what the game was, but was probably one of those primetime like, games. Was it like a cheap shot? I mean. Yeah, it was, it was a side swipe. It was complete out of nowhere side swipe. Somebody, some DB missed a tackle yeah. or made a bad effort at a tackle. And Romo just out of nowhere, man, that made Deion Sanders look like a good tackler. That was terrible. It's like, whoa, whoa. That came out of nowhere. And Deion but, just completely yeah. takes it personal and launches, oh, like course. I said, into the diatribe. Uh, yeah, they, uh, Tony didn't have to do that. Uh, it, was a, it was a funny joke, but it was, it's definitely one of those jokes. It's like the sexual harassment uh, situation now. You, can't, you got certain things you can't say or do now in public that you used to sort of be able to do. Uh, and that joke is you, you you shouldn't say that in public in front of a live microphone. That's a fine joke for your boys in private, but you, you really for shouldn't you say that in public. It's a good enough one for you and me. Yes, because no one's listening to us. Yeah. But millions and millions of people are listening to Tony Romo, so that's why that got back to Dion. Nothing we ever say would ever get back to Dion Sanders. Uh, probably. And if it did, if it did, glory, glory, hallelujah, we made the big time. You didn't. You never cupped his butt, though, did you? I, it's hard to cup a butt of someone I've never met. Okay. All right. Yeah, you know. Just gotta say, you got. We gotta watch out now. Gotta watch out these days. It wasn't me. If the allegation comes out, it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't you. No. Okay. I have an alibi. I was home. Whatever night it was, I was home. <laughs> oh, man. It's my alibi, and I'm sticking to it. Hey, that's good. That's good. You got you to gotta stick by those. Uh, we're on for Saturday night at uh, 9 or 10. Yeah, Saturday will be fun. Saturday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be – I'm probably going <laughs> to be beat. I'm going to be sore. If I do that show sober – I'll be stunned. <laughs> Everyone thinks this, I'm not like raging alcoholic or anything, so people know. I when I when I have a drink or have it, it's just one. So that you might can quit be anytime you want. That night might be several. It's gonna be. I got a long stretch of work coming up here. That I, I mean, I'm gonna earn that vacation time in December coming up this next week. So uh, nine o'clock is fine. Uh, yeah, because I will probably be dead by ten. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, definitely enjoy your Thanksgiving. Is it snowy and icy up there for that drive, or you're going to be okay no. with that? No, it was windy today driving home, and there was a little bit of snow flurries kind of blowing around, but nothing. The roads are roads are perfectly fine. So. No travel worries tomorrow. It looks like it's going to be, you know, sunny-ish, sunny as it gets up here uh, this time of year, and uh, we'll have a we'll have a we'll have a good one. So we'll drive safe. You you have a you have fun with the uncle and the wife and the family, and make sure you ask about harassment. I want a full uh, report. I need a full report. Uh... There's something about her harassment, and there's something about her 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 breastment, and I'm trying not to wonder about either one of them. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been a 
very rude episode of in much less detail the podcast. Thank you, crazy people, for listening. Why you would listen, I still don't know, but thank you anyway. And we will be back Saturday night, 9 p.m. Central Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, to recap the Thanksgiving Turkey Day activities in the NFL and also get ready to make our picks for Week 12 the rest of the picks for the NFL as we get ready to come down the stretch. It's coming down to the wire. It's already only six weeks of football left. And hopefully, like I said, things, there's clarity. I need some clarity. I need some of these teams to start showing me who they are instead of going back and forth and up and down. And I don't know which way from what one week or another. I, I, I need some, I need some, some concrete evidence here. I'm, I'm I'm such a data-driven, stat-driven guy now. If I don't have any any concrete things to hold on to, I feel like I'm I'm going crazy. I feel like I'm floating in outer space. I need something to believe in, just not the Eagles. I still don't believe in the Eagles. I don't know why. Uh, anyway, we will talk to you Saturday night uh, for Week 12 in the NFL. Everyone have a great Thanksgiving holiday, and we will be back at you Saturday night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.